Simpson and Bruckheimer. I mean, you know, like I said at the beginning, when you start a movie and you see that lightning bolt hit like the their logo. It's, and the, it's the tree. They get together and they say, I, I got an idea for a movie. It's going to be awesome. It's called Beverly Hills Cop. And they say, give us Stallone, right? He is at a point where he believes like that his, you know what, doesn't stink. Bruckheimer Simpson come to him. They're like, here's what we got. He takes the entire script. Axes it. He he, he night slashes hey, it. He double axes it. Yeah. Clink clink. He cuts all of the comedy out of yep. it. Triple downs on the gore and the blood. Yeah. And says, here's and my action. vision. I need ten million more dollars. Simpson and Bruckheimer are like, we're good. Yeah. They pass. They're gone. And what ends up happening is the original hero's name in Beverly Hills Cop was Ellie Axel. That's terrible. He changed it to Axel Cabretti. That's good. When they got rid of him, they changed it to Axel Foley. Also good. He kept the Cabretti. Yep. And that's how we have Cobra. Yeah. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content. And a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakashane, darling, Dakashane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You could find them at the disease. No, I'm just kidding. Sonicloans.com. That'd be a terrible name for We're a loan. We're talking about Cobra today. It's going to be hard for me to even get through if these money's ads. money's a disease, then Sonic Loans is the cure. I will tell you right now that the only thing that scares me more than the Night Slasher is when the Fed doesn't slash their rate. Oh, you like that? No. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Don't be stuck. Order of the day. In a, in, in, in a horrible B movie with A actors like this. You don't want to. This is an A movie with A plus actors. Sonic Loans is going to make sure that you get into the absolute best mortgage rate possible. Sonic Loans is your <laughs> Sherpa, your guide. If you need to go into hiding because you're being hunted, go to Sonic Loans. Tell Charlie that Buzz in the Tower sent you. Get in touch with them right away so they can help you on your journey to have the best mortgage out there. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com for a free consultation. Call 248-595-0001. Max, the other day I'm shopping in the grocery store, just a standard normal day, picking up a few things, when all of a sudden someone walks in and starts screaming something about the new world, and all of a sudden I'm at gunpoint. Was it Edward James Almost Son? No. No. That's incredible, though. <laughs> He's got a bomb. When this is all over, yeah. what dawned upon me is what an incredible opportunity to sue the Meyer by my house. They have not protected me against <laughs> night slashers, against bad cops. I feel and like the greeter would have protected you. Perhaps. The 95-year-old <laughs> greeter. But perhaps the problem here is that you need the right attorney. Because in a world filled with clanging axes and horrible bloody scenes, Cobra is not my issue. My issue is the legal system. Cobra needs a lawyer. And that's why you need Bolton Legal Group. They are the best attorneys out there. Bird law, murder law, slasher law. Reach out to Bolton Legal Group today. Make sure you tell them the Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to have the best legal experience you've ever had.
America. There's a burglary every 11 seconds, an armed robbery every 65 seconds, a violent crime every 25 seconds, a murder every 24 minutes, <laughs> and, and, and 250 rapes a day. Can't be laughing on this. <laughs> Pull it together. Tired it over. Today on Busting the Tower, we'll talk about a family-friendly action film called Cobra. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me is always the cure to my disease, Max Sanders. And with that, I'm a hero of the new world. I'm a sucker for a good conversation, Mo. <laughs> Woo! This is the Sylvester Stallone movie I have the most time for. We could do three hours on this. This is this is the most fun I had watching a movie in 2023. This the most is, fun. This is this is what <laughs> happens when you have completely and totally unchecked ego. Yeah, no, if tomorrow like, nobody's telling him no. If tomorrow, like, remember the movie Blank Check where he got a million dollars? For us, if that was if that happened, we'd create Cobra. This is the equivalent of like Joe Rogan's podcast network calls you and I up and says, <laughs> We're putting you on a ten million dollar contract. You do whatever you want to do. I show up tomorrow and I am No just, one look at me. No, I, I I do whatever I want. <laughs> I literally I don't even know if I show up. Maybe I just send someone else in here. To well, be what's me. my motivation? Just shut up and just do shut it. up. Don't ask. <laughs> Pig. I'm going to watch a basketball game. This movie is pure, pure, pure. Adrenaline? It's <laughs> just pure. I don't even know how to explain this it's movie. It's 100% pure Somebody, Colombian I, I was goodness. talking to a buddy of mine. He's like, what What uh, movie are you doing this week? I'm like, Cobra. And I'm like, and they're like, I've never seen it. I'm like, they're like, what's it about? I go, take all the best things from Rocky Four and Rambo. And no, no First Blood Part Two. Okay. First Blood Part Two. And Dirty Harriet. Yeah. Get yeah. sprinkling some Dirty Harry and give it a little John Wayne for good measure. And you have Cobra. Yes. And what, oh, a little Steven Seagal. Yes. Non, non self awareness. Nope. Great call. Yeah. And a little Steve, early Steven Seagal B movie feel. Yeah. Like it's not overly produced. The effects aren't particularly great and it doesn't feel big budget at There's all. There's a lot of explosions. But it's got that grittiness to it where it doesn't feel it doesn't feel uh, Simpson Brookheimer at all. Okay. Like I'm not like Simpson Brookheimer, lightning yeah. flashing, you know, bum 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 like that's not happening, right? That's, like why are you doing Spielberg? Was that Spielberg? Yeah. Why well, is that Spielberg? Wasn't that E. T. or something you were just doing? Or like No, the lightning flashing and their logo comes up at the beginning. No, no, the singing you were doing was Spielberg. That's Top Gun. That's a Top Gun anthem. Okay. AKA Don Simpson and Sorry, I'm Gerald uh, F. Uh, Bruckheimer. I'm, I'm tone deaf. You are tone deaf. You're like, I don't get it. What is bum, Funkhauser? Bum, get bum, on in bum, here. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> this is Paul Rubin's greatest film. <laughs> you almost said that. I almost said that earlier. <laughs> Max, welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, I, can I start off with something? Can I? Can sure. I do something? Can I finish? I, can, can, I, can I get a word in here, please? <laughs> I just want to share with you a review that we recently got. Have you looked at our reviews recently? No. Well, I'm about to share one with you. Hold on a second. Hold your horses while I pull it up. Max, we got on August 10th, so I'm nine days late. I'm bringing this to your attention. You're nine days late? Nine, Let's go oh, to the doctor. Yeah, I know. It's a boy. Kill me. It's, it's, it's not a disease. It's the cure. <laughs> Max, this review is from Glamazon PDX. And Death by Snoo Snoo. It is. <laughs> it's a great call. God, Futurama. The mind is willing, but the body is soft. And <laughs> the best episode. <laughs> First, you will take on the small women, then the medium-sized women, then the large women. Oh, that's a great episode. Good job, Max. Thank you. They were on we're on fire today. Yeah. Cobra will do this to you. <laughs> Cobra is a is a is like 20 seasons of adrenaline to the heart. Yep. Like this is uh pulp fiction, except not as well put together. Cobra, uh Cobra, sorry. Glamazon PDX. This is the review she left. I'm going to read it. I don't care if you think it's long or not because I'm going to bask in how beautiful this is. Sure. I love these guys. Two two exclamation marks. Two good Jewish boys who love their mothers, Christmas and the 80s. Not necessarily in that order. Ha ha smiley face. That is clever and funny. And I do love Christmas. These guys almost always put their hearts into every episode. Almost probably because she listened to last week's episode on feds where I was like. People liked it. People did. I was like. Bum, 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 bum. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> these guys, I already read that part. I say almost because there have been times when I can tell that they're just trying to crank them out. 
It has felt at times a bit broy. Uh oh. I can almost smell the gym socks and Totino's pizza rolls. That's, did that's did you read this full it's thing? A good, it's a good review. Let me get to the good you part. You said, uh oh, like you didn't read I was, it. I was adding dramatic flair to the you reading. You didn't read the whole thing. I didn't thing. read the whole thing. Yeah. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I, I stopped after Totino's. Yes. <laughs> that's my only critique. I wish they would appreciate the female fan base a bit more. That's my only critique. I wish they would appreciate the female fan base a bit more. We love Predator and can debate the merits of shoe fetish or buddy cop movie recast as well as the next guy. Sigh. It's just so hard when your best friends don't realize you're best friends. We are her best friend. I, I want her on the show. Find her. Yeah. Find her. Also find the person that gave us a one star review. I'm still looking for that person. Like it's a year one and a half person. Ago. Find him. <laughs> I want Hawking's body found. We have 2,700 reviews. I don't care. Shut your mouth. <laughs> you want me to come through all All of them? that said. We ain't found shit. <laughs> Bleep that. That's great. Yeah. It's <laughs> oh, <that's> so good. <laughs> I comb the desert, Max. <laughs> all that said, I still have to admire the consistency and commitment of this podcast. It's been a while since I left a review, but I still listen every week. Yes, there are moments when the banter overshadows the movie notes, but I still smile and laugh at their antics most of the time, exclamation mark. I absolutely love when Mo gets so animated about something. It makes his point stand out and makes me think about an old movie in a new way. I love when Max gets so excited he trips over his tongue because he wants to blow our minds with an obscure fun fact. It's the quirkiness in this duo and obvious joy they get in doing it that does it for me, wow. exclamation mark. That was, that was well written. Listen, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love that someone who's not related to us has nice things to say about us. So I should just make burner accounts and write really no, big ones? No, that's a terrible idea. Okay. And I'd know it was you because you'd be like, all right. <laughs> all right, Max, welcome to the show. If you haven't ever listened to Buzz in the Tower before, this is a great time to what start. What are you doing with your We're life? talking about Cobra. Yeah. It's a good place to start, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cobra is Cobra. It's one of Stallone's greatest films ever. We're going to talk about it today. Uh, quick reminder, if you haven't subscribed or left a review like that one, please do so. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast player is, and almost all of them have some way to leave a review or some type of stars. The more you do that, the more famous we become. The more famous we become, the more we can hire people to schnoo schnoo. <laughs> no no wrong to, no to get better research and like yes. better content all right more patreon stuff and along those notes if you want more content at buzz in the tower b-u-z-z-n the tower you can check us out on all social media platforms we also have a patreon which is a great way to be involved with the making of the sausage if you ever want to see how we stuff it into the skin and cook it and eat it patreon.com is the way Delicious. to go slash buzz in the tower other than that max i will tell you that today i am excited why don't we jump right into it so where to start on this 15 layer cake of delicious nutritious action horror comedy let me start is it a comedy no it is for no, no, sure. no. it is not a comedy for us it's a comedy everything's a comedy for us i couldn't even read the intro when i was talking about like 250 rapes a day and you're making me laugh I'm like, yeah. something not funny uh let me give you a synopsis i found a new synopsis page i usually am an imdb guy but i like this one you ready where's it from I'm not telling you. It's my little secret. Give a shout out. My little secret. My little secret. A gang of neo-fascist thugs led by a self-proclaimed night slasher and <laughs> are breaking into people's homes and cars, then killing them at random. When one of these thugs holds up a food store and takes hostages, Lieutenant Marion Cabretti, an intense take-no-prisoner cop, is brought onto the scene to end the hostage-taking. Ranting bizarrely about a new world, the man levels a sawed-off shotgun at Cabretti, who hits him with a knife, then guns him down when the man refuses to put down his weapon. Later that night, another murder occurs, attributed to the Night Slasher. And the next day, another one. This one is witnessed by a young woman, Ingrid Nunston. I could be butchering the last name, but all she you need to know is Brigitte, Brigitte Nelson. It's Brigitte. Yeah. Ah, hello. My husband Drago comes to America. You treat me. It's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Rocky. Rocky. That's not her. I know. That's Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> it's all right. I'm just excited. She drives away before the thugs can kill her, but it isn't long before some creepy looking people start making attempts on her life and Cabretti's. Cabretti plans to move the only witness to a safe house upstate, but within moments of doing so, the thugs follow them, and a battle for survival rages between Cabretti and and the thugs and the night slasher night slasher <laughs> is there a song like that or not no i made it up yeah. <laughs> sounds like poison would make that night sla- yeah right yeah we should we should call them yeah kicks down my night slasher it's got double meanings too it does both i slash the night in the night and i slash 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Slash new snoo, whatever. No, no, that's not okay. That's inappropriate. Come on, calm down. Sorry. That's okay. Max, uh, I think there's so much to talk about in this movie. So let's go big picture first. Give, all right, what do you got? So this is what's great about the 80s and what's wrong with the 80s. Yes. All encapsulated into one. Yes. Because it takes itself so seriously. It takes itself seriously or one person. Well, he's the director, writer, and star of the movie. Correct. Right? Correct. So, for so those, yes. <laughs> to, to get everybody up to speed, for those that don't know, Sylvester Stallone is widely known as an egomaniac. Now, I will defend him in this regard. Is he any less of an egomaniac than Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal, any of the macho, macho men from the 80s? So, Arnold... Is it because he's taller or because he's won like sporting event stuff? Or like, what is it that makes him he's kind more, of bulletproof to it? He's more charming. It's why Arnold can do comedy and Sly can't. It's why Stop or My Mom Will Shoot was such a disaster. Demolition Man's funny. It's it's funny, but he's not doing comedy. He doesn't have comedic timing. He, he Look, look, hear me out. I love Stallone. If, I know. If you put we've Stallone, had this argument If before. you put Stallone head-to-head against Schwarzenegger, it's for... Pure action. This is why I told you. Do you remember the one film I told you that I thought Stallone could match the awesomeness? Could like literally keep up and match the awesomeness of Schwarzenegger? Ghost if, Dad? No. If, <laughs> it's incredible. If you took Schwarzenegger out of one of his best films and you slid in Stallone, there's one movie where I think he could keep up. Oh. Predator. God. Oh, yeah. And why, and why is that? Because Predator has no comedic timing and has no relationships with women. Yep. And what Schwarzenegger can pull off is charm. What Stallone can pull off is deep, genuine acting. There's, there's and no the way. Underdogness, you're right. There's no way. That's actually a great point. Yeah. Schwarzenegger in his on his worst day does not look like an underdog. No. You cannot put Schwarzenegger in First Blood. No, you couldn't. There's no way. Yeah. Because the severity. You would be homeless. The, would... I was holding his guns in my hands. You know, like like uh, I was it, holding it, his guns. I, 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 give me General Chatman. Chatman. I eat the billy goat. I not puke. Like you can't do it. So this goes back to why Stallone, all of those guys, Schwarzenegger. The, your original question is, did Schwarzenegger have just as big of an ego? A hundred percent. Yeah. But it doesn't feel as absurd because Schwarzenegger doesn't visibly to the outside take himself that serious where Stallone thinks he's a thespian. Yeah, and Schwarzenegger liked his uh, co-host, I mean, not co-host, uh, act uh, the actors he worked with. Like, oh, yeah. He messed with Jesse Ventura, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Sly wouldn't let people look at him. Yeah, he really went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But I will also tell you, I think part of the reason for that, Schwarzenegger had success as Mr. America, Mr. Universe, you know, all those Mr. Olympia. Like his entire success arc was... I win at everything. Yeah, I win at everything. Stallone was almost an adult film, was yep. treated poor by everybody, had a speech impediment. The you'll, mouth you'll never be an yeah. actor. So the, the short the pissed offness, the yeah. protectiveness that he was of his career. I get it. He wrote this incredible script called Rocky. Yeah. Right? This amazing once in a generation movie. They didn't want him to be him. Nobody wanted him to be in yeah. the movie he wrote. Do you know who almost took it away from him? It was Henry Winkler. By accident. Yeah, yeah. He was his friend. He had to go fight to get it back. Oh, anyways, we're all over the map. I love that we know that. But we know everything. It's, mm. it's incredible. Mm, facts. <laughs> delicious, delicious facts. But I think like this goes this goes to what Cobra is. Cobra is, in my opinion, the height of his hubris. It's if Kenny Powers made a movie. Yeah. It's it. <laughs> That's exactly. He like so for for those again. We talked about the synopsis of the movie. I, I got to go. You said the whole thing. I got to go into one fact. Okay. I know we're not at facts yet, but I think this is the the most important fact about the movie Cobra, so that people understand what we're really talking about here. Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. By the way, like outside of peanut butter and jelly, tell me something that goes better together than those two. Uh, tomatoes and anchovies. You are not making funny jokes, <laughs> and I will not laugh at them and feed and fuel your tank for crappy jokes. I won't do it. I actually like both those things. Max. Pizza? Simpson and Bruckheimer. Like lemon Tango tuna and fish? cash. Cash and tango. That's the only <laughs> argument you could have made of two things that go together better. These guys, right? I mean, you know, like I said at the beginning, when you start a movie and you see that lightning bolt hit like the their logo. It's, and the, it's the tree. It's, yeah. yeah, whatever it is. And then there's like care. a speeding highway. It's amazing. Yeah. They are pure freaking gold. The rock. They get together and they say, I, I got an idea for a movie. It's going to be awesome. It's called Beverly Hills Cop. And it's just, there's nothing better than this movie. They put together this idea. They get a script and they say, give us Stallone, right? Um, st keep in mind, Stallone is on the heels of Rocky, Rocky three. Four. No, Rocky three. Uh, this is 84 for uh, Beverly Hills yeah, Cop. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. 
soon to be Rocky Four, but he's also got Rocky One, Rocky Two, Rocky Three, Nighthawks, Victory, First Blood, Staying Alive, all under his belt. I say Staying Alive. He directed it. Year. Yeah, he directed it. But like he, why why do you end on Staying Alive? Because he directed it. I know, but it's a bad place to end. It's like bragging about. Well, <laughs> I, I say I say Rhinestone. I left Rhinestone out. So yeah. there you go. He is at a point where he believes like that his you know what doesn't stink. He likes the smell of his own farts. Yeah. He is a, uh, what was the, I like the smell what, of my own was, farts. what was the South Park when they're all driving uh, Priuses? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's like where he's at. Bruckheimer Simpson. Come to him. They're like, here's what we got. He takes the entire script. Axes it. He, he, he nice slashes hey, it. He double axes it. Yeah. Clink, clink, <laughs> clink, clink. He cuts all of the comedy out of yep. it. Triple down, triple downs on the gore and the blood. Yeah. And says, here's and my action. vision. I need 10 million more dollars. Here's my vision. Simpson and Bruckheimer are like, we're good. Yeah. They pass. They're gone. You know the orange juice story that Sly tells? I tell the orange juice story. I don't know it. So Sly claims that he asked for orange juice on state on a set one day, and they didn't give it to him, so he walked off, and that's how he quit. But he got fired. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> he's, he's retracted since. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So he has the audacity to do that, and what ends up happening is he takes that script that he's completely reworked, Yep. and he when he reworked the script, the original name for Axel Foley was not Axel Foley. The original hero's name in Beverly Hills Cop was Ellie Axel. That's terrible. He changed it to Axel Cabretti. That's good. When they got rid of him, they changed it to Axel Foley. Also good. He kept the Cabretti, yep. and that's how we have Cobra. Yeah. Well, because Rocky Four and Rambo First Blood Part Two were just so monstrous. That's probably the peak of his career. Uh, yeah. And he blew his credit on Cobra and Over the Top. Both Canon did both of those. Canon, so Canon did a lot of Chuck Norris movies, Jean Claude Van Damme. Like they're kind of awesome, but like they're they're risk takers and they were bold. Yeah, but they were crazy. They're your burnout friend that has over the top. Ideas. Over the yeah. top was their uh, was their Howard the Duck. Um, but again, he takes this script and he decides to make this. It's just unbelievable to me the audacity to basically give a double bird to Bruckheimer and Simpson. It's incredible. Yeah. So I wonder if he designed his the apartment too, because it's got. Have you looked at the apartment? Yes. It's got weird stuff. He's got a rhino on top of the TV and a three foot uh, kind of statue of Heisman. It looks like a Heisman trophy. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Is there a Heisman trophy I, there? It, he has when you first have that scene. You're yeah. right. The rhino on top of the TV is and insane. the Empire State Building. The Empire State Building. But when you first when he first walks into his apartment, there's like a Heisman trophy. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm like, of course, if you're still alone, shoot everyone. You no, know, like no, he no, he literally <laughs> is like, I want to be the toughest person in the world. So. I'm He's gonna, the Dosakis man. I'm gonna. Basically. I'm gonna. We're jumping ahead because yeah. I, I want to talk a lot about that entire scene. So okay. let's pause. We doing facts first, or what are we doing? I I want to just the reason I brought that particular fact up before we jump into facts is because I think it sets the complete stage for what this movie is. It's a fever. It's a it's, it's a fever dream. Yeah, if your fever was made of devil's dandruff. Yeah, yeah. Like he is absolutely out of his mind, and yeah. that's what's great about this movie is like as a dude, as a man, and no, as a person, as a, as a human being. Yeah, this makes me feel tough. Yeah, it makes me feel like a man. Like I want to chew on a, uh, I want to chew on a match, and walk around is that, angry all the is time. Is that safe? No, well, I, I, yeah, I think so. Okay, but why? Why he doesn't smoke? He doesn't smoke cigars or cigarettes the whole movie. But he's got a match. It's weird. He never lit it. Like I thought he'd like burn the night slasher with it. You yeah, know, douse him in gas yeah. and then burn it off his tooth. Yeah, that's great. Like Con Air, Sai, oh, Anara. Man, God, Con Air. This is like a. This is a. Darker version of Conair. It's like, no, if you put Conair into one person, <laughs> he's both sides. If Cyrus the Virus decided to make a cop movie, this is what it is. It's incredible. Oh, if the Night Slasher got together with Cyrus the Virus. Oh, dear God. All right, Max, you want to talk about facts? Cyrus the Slasher. Let me start with the first fact. Okay. When it came out? No. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of important. <laughs> it's kind of important. May 23rd, 1986. All right. So summer. This is when Top Gun came out. Important for later. Well, we can jump into that fact right away. The studio demanded that they cut down the over two hours of filming that they did on this movie to a tight 86 minutes. Does that sound right? Yeah. They did that because they were terrified that they were going to get the crap kicked out of them in the theaters because Top Gun was smashing it everywhere. And they wanted something that was shorter so they could get more runs of it in the actual theater to boost the amount of times that it was being seen. It's so weird that works sometimes and doesn't work other times because Rambo First Blood, the orig original one, was three hours and they cut it down. But that's a whole different story of why that worked. Do you remember why? Because the entire movie was shot. It was three hours of footage, but the way that they cut it down and it remember, from his perspective, and remember, and right? Stallone did it on purpose because he never wanted it to even be seen. He yeah. almost suicided the movie. You rarely on saw Rambo. It was a completely different perspective that you would have never seen before in an action film. Whereas in Cobra, 
all the cutting down did is left massive plot holes all over the place. Yeah. And it would have been R ra- X rated. X rated. Yeah. It was X rated. They submitted it and it was X rated. There was and soapy shower I believe scenes. NC 17 didn't come out until 92. Yeah. So it was the, Showgirls. Yeah. And there was, I remember. there was no, was Showgirls NC 17? Oh, yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Check that up for me. I'm not sure that that's true. Because I remember seeing that movie and I would have never been able to get into it if it was truly NC 17. Rated NC 17. Well, there you go. Yeah. I must use my fake ID. Elizabeth Burke. When I was like 12. <laughs> I'm so naked. <laughs> I'm so naked. <laughs> Why do you laugh at that? It's almost <laughs> as lame as your jokes. All right. All right. Facts, Max. Facts. Nothing but the facts. So what do you got? In the 30 to 40 minutes, that's extra. You can't find it anywhere, by the way. You can buy it, I think, in the dark web. The dark web. In the dark web. For like thousands of dollars, apparently. Like this is a print that not many people see. Yeah. And there's a longer autopsy scene with yep. nude and messed up bodies. Uh, Dan, remember that creepy guy who's hitting on Brigitte? Yes. Uh, there's a there's a montage of him slipping in his montage! own <laughs> slipping in his own blood while he's trying to flee. My God. <laughs> and at the end, uh, there's a local dude that just gets hit in the face with an axe for no reason. <laughs> um, did you know that in addition to bailing on Beverly Hills Cop, that Stallone also bailed on doing Romancing the Stone so that he could do Rhinestone with Dolly Parton? I'm glad that happened. I don't know. He would have been great in Romancing the Stone. Him and Kathleen Turner, she's like the foot taller than I him. I know. You know, I gotta. I keep on trying to force. I'm breaking my own rule. He has no comedic timing, and he is not good with women in movies. Huh. Him and Bullock. Why do I keep going back to Demolition Man? But him and Bullock are pretty good, right? <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Not great. I'll tell you, uh, I still think from Twins, Schwarzenegger and Kelly Presley, from, from what it's worth, my money, best Schwarzenegger chemistry. I think they... They get a little, twins. they have an advantage because genetically they're like the perfect people. Yeah. You're, you're just like, I want to see them very together. Very sweet of you to say. Very yeah. sweet of you to say. I mean, you have some Arnold in you. Not at all. Uh, I like cigars. That's about as much Arnold as I have. You have some macho-ness. A little bit. I'm more sly. We've talked about this. So we talked about Canon, which I think this is, we should really do an episode one day all about Canon because it's kind of incredible. Like the, their, their origins of low budget movies and the risks that they took, um, everything from Death Wish, all the sequels. You t- you mentioned the Chuck Norris film. American Ninja. But do you Superman know, 4. You know where they, but that's where they shot themselves. Yeah. But they, they died on the vine. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace and Masters of the Universe. Two films that I happen to enjoy, but are widely regarded as garbage. So nowadays they're like cult heroes though. Like at Comic-Con, if you were a Canon film like Ca- boot, Canon, I know. I'd go hang out I there. Go, you know, I'm going to buy a Canon t-shirt. Yeah. It's I a cool, wear, it's a cool logo a too. T-shirt. Yeah, it's absolutely. very cool. Um, the motivation, not the motivation, the inspiration that Stallone put into these characters, I get some of them, right? But his quote when he was pitching this was, what if Bruce Springsteen had a gun? Are you a Springsteen guy? Huge. Can you educate me? Was there ever a time where he had that kind of darkness to him? Because I just, I don't see Cabretti so, and Springsteen aligning. What for, am I missing? First of all, I want to shout out, my dad has been going to Bruce Springsteen shows since he was 16 years old. Is and, he still go? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And he's seen probably, I don't know, 50, 75. I always over-exaggerate and he gets mad at me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's seen 150 shows. Like, no, he hasn't. He's in the band. So Bruce is from New Jersey and he's got this weird Southern Baptist, but he's very kind of sensitive and he's more about like us against the man and poetry and he writes these beautiful songs and he can write forever and he kind of likes talking. There's nothing besides the look of, I guarantee Sly was having a late night and he saw like a Bruce Springsteen video of him like dancing in the dark. It's like, I want to dress like that. And I he get, got an I, image I, from him. I get, I get the black shirt, the tight jeans, the, yeah, bi- but the biker. Not glove. his mantra. Look, here's, here's where, here's this where is I, Sly being Sly. This is where I get a laugh. Yeah. Right. Sylvester Stallone is in Rocky three is the best example. Probably has what? Like less than one and a half percent body fat. Oh my God. He's man. This is a guy. This is a guy who, when he's not acting is probably eating like egg whites and steroids far, and farm fresh, you know, salads and taking baby steroids seals. and working out. Yes. Well, the baby seals are just for, you know, t- well, no, he squeezes taste. them and puts it on his face. That's a terrible thing to say. But <laughs> in his mind, he's like, well, you know, a real man comes into his apartment. I think this is the most confusing scene in cinematic history. <laughs> when he walks into his apartment, we should talk about that for a second. Absolutely. Actually, I'll talk about two parts. I know I'm all over the map. I don't even care. Today's Cobra Day. We're yeah. going to do what we want to do. There's going to be missing scenes. He shows oh, up. Can we put like that sound like scene missing? Yeah. Like in something between. like that. He he shows up to his apartment in his car. Okay. By the way, what else is the most 80s thing in the world having to do with cars, Max? Don't disappoint me. Tell me what it is. It's the most 80s trope in the in the 80s having to do with vehicles. Oh, my God. Uh, you put me on the spot. I don't know. Uh, Personalized license plates. Oh, yeah. Awesome, awesome 50. 50. Yeah. yeah. So he pulls up and there's a, a, a group of young 
Hispanic, Hispanic gentleman. Hoodlums. And I want to point something out. I want you to go back and watch this. So anyways, he the rams guy, into him, right? Guy, he bumps his car. The guy's trying to be tough. Stallone does the, the standard, get out of my way. And he rips the guy's shirt. Yep. He emasculates him in front of everyone. Is the guy wearing a wire? No. Is he? I want you to take a moment right now. I'll put in a few moments later. I want you to watch it real quick. So they didn't even care. Also, the guy who I'll make that TikTok. I, I forgot the part where he grabs the guy's cigarette out of his mouth first and then rips his shirt. And that guy looks like the teacher from Stand and Deliver. Edward James almost, but but like, or no, not him. I'm sorry, not the teacher. He looks like no, uh, he, he looks like Lou Diamond Phillips in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. He, uh, now he could be wearing a wire. Maybe they didn't want to have a boom mic, and that's how they were getting the audio for the movie. But why would they think he, he's going to rip the shirt? Was but it, it like an improv? He, there, he, there's a piece of tape on his chest yeah. with, with what looks like a wire. You're right. So it's super weird. This is like the Starbucks so cup in Game of Thrones. This is the beginning of the weirdest scene in the entire movie and in all of cinema. Yeah. So he finishes that, heads up into his apartment. To your point, the decor in his apartment it's like sl- it's kind of Art Deco. I don't know what it is. It's kind of white and clean. I and mean, like, I was expecting to see a Happy Birthday Polly robot like floating around. It was just weird. It's like a messy De Niro in heat. Like if he, he actually had stuff. So he gets a slice of pizza out and takes a pair of scissors and cuts the pizza. Is he cutting the the, the stale part off? Like what is this? I, no, I am, he eats the small part. I am a pizza aficionado. By yeah. all accounts, I've eaten quite a bit of pizza in my life. I don't understand the move. I want someone to explain it to me. If you're listening to this podcast and you understand why that was done. When I think of uh, the only other movie I can think of more ridiculous than this, and I'd have to look at this, but what was the movie Stone Cold with uh, Bosworth? Oh, Brian Bosworth. Yeah. And the, yeah. I, I think it's called Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Yeah, you're right. It is Stone Cold. Yeah. I, again, don't quote me on this. I feel like there's a scene where he takes leftover pizza and puts it in a blender with like a couple eggs. Well, that's awesome. It's a little mixture of like Rocky. Well, that's, like, and that's like meathead Cobra. stuff. That makes more sense. I guess, man. I was so just, this one is weird. It's got to be portion control. And then, I mean, he's, I, he, maybe? look how in shape he but is. But he doesn't come across like a portion control guy. He's, he's good ready. So you think he's, he's just, the cure. <laughs> the cure, the cure is apparently cut pizza. I can't talk about this anymore. Let's okay. move on to other parts. The, like he's, there's a Heisman trophy in there. I don't know why there's a rhino on the TV. And again, this is the eighties. So like his unfiltered access to the police database from some weird fax machine that he has in his apartment. He doesn't play by weird. the rules. He doesn't play by the rules. So he based this on the Belgium zombie squad. Yes. In, in Belgium, there is an actual zombie squad. So did you do any research on this? I didn't. Did you? I hope you say yes. I did. <laughs> it was and super weird. No, it doesn't seem like it exists. Oh, all right. So I think, again, fever dream. Like maybe he thought he was in Belgium. He was at a nightclub in New York at 4 a.m. I don't know. He's, yeah. All right. Let's get to more cool stuff. The name Cabretti. So, spoiler alert: If you watch the movie, we learn that his real name is not Cobra. It's Marion. It is Marion Cabretti. The Marion is this really cool tip of the hat to John Wayne. So, when he's putting this character together, aside from I mentioned the whole Ellie Axel to Axel Cabretti to Marion Cabretti, I had this is fascinating to me. Did you know that John Wayne's real name was Marion Mitchell Morrison? No. Yeah, that's that is John Wayne's actual name. That's cool. Marion Mitchell Morrison, the three M's. That's weird. We are the three M's. Do you know what? Uh, you don't even appreciate that. The three M's? Three, three amigos, three M's. It was okay. All right, fine. I'm, I have a three amigos fact, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll get to it. Blethera? 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 Of murders? Do you know uh, Sly has another connection to John Wayne, though? No. So John Wayne's grandnephew, do you know who that is? No. Tommy Morrison, a.k.a. Tommy Gunn in Rocky Five. Shut up. Isn't that cool? I had no idea he was related to yeah. John Wayne. That's wild. I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> God, that movie's such hot garbage. It's really disappointing. After Rocky Four, to seeing that, you're just oh, like. Oh, what a drop off. I mean, he's openly apologized for it. He's like, you can't take a rags to riches and then go back to rags. Yeah. It doesn't work. And I was like, yeah, no sh- no, no poop. <laughs> no poop, sir. No so, poop. Do you enjoy watching this or Rocky Four more? Rocky Four. It's close. Unquestioned. That's not close. I for, love this movie. For laughter. No, bro. 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 It's a different. Bro, you're you're in the it's moment. A, it's a different part of your this brain. This is classic Max recency bias. You're in the moment right now. 1986 is recent. <laughs> Rocky Four. 37 years Rocky ago. Rocky Four. <laughs> Rocky. Rocky. First of all. There is not one montage in Cobra. So don't compare to Yes, there movies. is. Well, where's their what? Robot fashion show. Oh, that doesn't count as a montage. That's a montage. That's a fashion show. <laughs> See, this is why we can't have this conversation. This, you can't have nice things. Shut your mouth. Move forward. I mean, can't like, you compare these two movies together. It's Rocky Four has one robot. This one has multiple <laughs> robots. <laughs> Where the only thing that this movie has that Rocky Four doesn't is Night Slashers. Pigs. Pigs. 
So it's really unique that they do a serial killer that's in a cult. I've yeah. never, have you seen that before, no. really? Uh, I mean, from now, I can think of the Batman, you yeah. know, Riddler, yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. got one online and kind of helped people out. Yeah. But like, it's pretty unique because serial killers don't it's really- It's dark. Do, it's very dark. They don't want you to know who you are. No. It's yeah. very, very dark. Why is there that one guy when they're banging the, the axis, there's one guy who looks like, like a the- suit with yeah, an untucked yeah, shirt. bald. I, I knew you were it's like George that. Costanza. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what are we doing here? George <laughs> Jerry, I joined a new club. <laughs> the women are unbelievable. Oh my God. <laughs> So in, ad- in addition to John Wayne, which he borrowed heavily from with the name, he also is a huge... Now, this I do see. Like, I see when we talk about at this movie that it's supposedly supposed to be Bruce Springsteen, I don't see it. You start talking about John Wayne and then Clint Eastwood, I see the Clint Eastwood. I see that all over it. The the violence, the rawness of it. I can see the Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry part of it. And he even has actors that were in the originals. We'll talk more about them when we speak to the actors, but Lieutenant Monty was in Dirty Harry. Rennie Santoni, who plays Cobra's partner, Gonzalez, he was in one of the Dirty Harry films. He was his partner, Chico. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. So that stuff makes more sense to me than, than Bruce, yeah, you Bruce Springsteen. You, Bruce Springsteen? Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Stein. So right. can we talk about the Night Slasher? Yeah. Okay, cool. Sure, sure. Brian Thompson, first of all, fantastic in this movie. So originally, by the way, he wasn't the main villain. You know that? I did not know that. So the first ending that they wrote was on a lake. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And the- where Cobra rips off Monty's uh, uh, shirt, mm-hmm. and there's a giant satanic tattoo on his chest, and he's the leader. And that's why I kind of, it doesn't make sense why they're so nasty to each other. Like, usually you hate the cop above you, but like, remember when he punches him at the end? And that's the plot hole, is that he, he's so overwhelmingly like, we don't, we don't need him here. Yeah. He's not the right guy. Yeah. Like, he's talking trash about him. He's a foot behind him. Yeah. I'm like, if this guy is like a crazed lunatic, you're talking a lot of smack and don't seem to care. Smack. Get me the cobra. I love when he said, get me the cobra. So Brian Thompson. Also, one day I want someone to say, get me Mo. Yeah. Brian Thompson's classically trained as a actor mm-hmm. and is like really into his stuff. So he went up to Sly and he's like, hey, what's my motivation? What's this guy's backstory? You know, is I really want to understand this character so I can get it. Because it was his first really big role. Does he like blood or does he like guts or what's the knife? No, I got Well, you. psychologically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Sly just goes, he's evil. <laughs> he blew him off. Yeah. Yeah. And. Actually, I mean, during the night, uh, they're during the hook scene at the end, you know, his speech with the pigs and all. Yeah. Uh, Sly was watching a basketball game. Oh, yeah, I did hear that. I did. I read that. And so and he, so, so he had to read with like a script reader yeah. was doing his part. It had to be a Celtics Lakers game at that point if it was an important game, I yeah. think. Well, I think. Do the math. I don't know. You're the guy that knows the kind of stuff. Not I know. Me. I, I wish I had the idea. date of when they were doing it. So Brian Thompson, the Night Slasher, did not have a very good time making this film because in addition to that, Sly wanted nothing to do with any of his co-stars with the exception of Brigitte, who he couldn't keep his hands off of the whole time because they had just gotten married, so they're still in the I mean, I don't blame him in this phase. movie. I, yeah, I mean, this isn't Flavor Flav Brigitte. This is old school Brigitte but Brian Thompson didn't even get invited to the premiere of this movie he had to pay for his own ticket (laughs) to go watch it and has not spoken to Sly in 20 years got his vengeance by directing and acting in a spoof of the Expendables called the Extendables it's really bad I've never seen it it sounds really bad the trailer is insane that's incredible but they have talked actually oh they have post that yeah so so what happened was uh, they met at a horse riding academy where Thompson's daughter was teaching Sly's daughter Oh, well, that's, then that's precious. Yeah. Finally, I probably was like, you were such a jerk to me during. The Brian seems like such a nice dude. I don't know why he seems evil and he's crazy, but why does he, why do I like him? Cause he's what? got, he's got dead eyes. You like people with dead eyes. I guess. Yeah. And I kind of like, you're a sociopath. that crater face. He's yeah, got like kind of Walter yeah, White, but yeah. if he was on steroids, you and dragon. Yeah. yeah you guys just peas in a pod. <laughs> the 1950 Mercury was Stallone's actual car. Now, interestingly enough, there was more than one of these that were used. There were multiple vehicles that were used, but the original one apparently was stolen. Have you also heard it was no. stolen? Um, but one of the extras that were used was refurbished and used in Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, the one with the flames that came out of it. You got it, John. Yeah, in the parking lot. That was my, yes. that was my favorite one. No wonder yes, why. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. What was your favorite uh, one in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds? What was the woman's name that they gave it? It was the old Mustang. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the... It's Elaine? No, it's... Uh... Look it up. Eleanor. God, you're good. Yeah. I liked Eleanor. Yeah. That's Eleanor. That's Eleanor. You think you'll get an Eleanor at some point? Nope. Do you name your car? Nope. No. Oh. That's super weird. Not my thing. Mine's called Juice Box. Yes, it is. Uh, the knife that they made for Brian for the Night Slasher is a horrifically dangerous weapon. It's real. It cut multiple people, including uh, Brian Thompson, when he was trying to use it. They made a prop version of it for like faraway shots that was three feet long. It's made a, of plastic. It's a huge, yeah, it's a huge knife. And by the way, that's a Stallone, total Stallone thing, like the knives. He loves his knives. So right? he actually got Herman Scheider to make this. 
who his style was mostly uh, repops of 19th and 20th century dress bowies, apparently they're called. Mm-hmm. And he's known as someone who lifted the knife industry in terms of finish and fit. And he's considered one of the top 10 to 15 knife artists of all time. So do you think Stallone did for knives what Tom Cruise did for Ray-Bans? <laughs> With this and Rambo? <laughs> I yeah. feel like, right? Like everybody's got to have a knife. I mean, Schwarzenegger had knives, right? Like in Commando, stick it around. Yeah. The giant long. But he never oh, no, loved them. Predator. Yeah. How can I misquote Sorry. That? I'm such an animal. I'm disgusting with myself. <laughs> Absolutely disgusted with myself. A knife is more like very, it's very sly. Like you got to fight your way to the top. Arnold's just going to blow you up. True. Yeah. Very different fighting techniques. I would agree with that. Neither one of them's a good fighter though. Interesting. For so, such action stars. Like they're not good hand-to-hand combat people. So the director. And maybe sly is good. So the pocket. director, uh, George Cosmatos, he also Director, did, quote unquote. I know, right? So he did uh, First Blood Part Two as well with Sly. And Tombstone. And Tombstone. The The wild thing about this to me is that it was just well understood and accepted by everyone. Like that Sly was doing the, the final edit. He was doing all the direction. He wrote this. So that guy was just kind of hanging out. When Sly wasn't on set, I guess, he was just a monster to everybody else. Yeah. Like didn't treat anybody particularly well. This sounds like a terrible working boy. Well, he's an egomaniac. So apparently there's a pair of Rocky boxing shoes under Brigitte Nelson's bed in the hospital scene. I'm so, not sure what that has to do with what we're talking about, but I like it. Ego. Ego the Carpathian. Was that forced? Yeah. Okay. I sorry. like it. Yeah. <laughs> Ego. Carpathian. <laughs> Only a Carpathian. <laughs> do you know Al Leon was supposed to be in this movie? No. Yeah. He was supposed to be the lead villain. Ooh. Do you know who he is? Al Leon? Yeah. Okay, good. The guy. Yeah. Tell he, me he's the candy bar in Die Hard. Yeah. He's he's the Asian evil guy. He's the yeah. electrocute guy yeah, in yeah, uh, Lethal he Weapon. He's uh, more importantly, he's in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. But he was taken out after protest about having too many Asian villain, villains. I don't know who did the protest. Not me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. I love that the the reason that there was never a sequel to this movie and it never became a series. Well, made $50 million. Well, no, not, that's not the only reason. Oh. It, the fans loved it. It, it was critically, it was poo poo. The money that it made at the time was not bad. It wasn't like a bad take. If it you're was looking, compared to Top Gun, but he just did Rocky Four and Rambo th- Rambo Two. They, they listen to me. They made think of it this way. Back up for a second. How many crappy sequels have you seen other franchises make with less success than this? What? Wait, what? Why is that a question? Have anything to do with it? It's just like if you're on a hot but, streak and you get if you what? make four hundred million dollars in your last movie, you make fifty on this one. Right. My point. People to are going to be flop. He. He, Stallone, yeah. Yeah. wanted to make more of these. Yeah, no, this was going to be his cop franchise. Right, and the only reason he didn't make more is Why? because of how crappy his divorce was with Brigitte Nielsen. She put too much ketchup on her fries? I don't know. The whole that, that, That's a whole psychopath thing, too. I, my son does that. And I, that makes me uncomfortable. He doesn't do the side of ketchup? No, he dumps it on oh. there, and then he, then he like, so puts, he, like, one fry and, like, covers the entire fry in ketchup. I'm like, stop eating like that. It makes me uncomfortable. Weird. Makes me think of Cobra. But, no, the, his, his <laughs> divorce was so bad with Brigitte Nielsen. That's what kept him away from wanting to do more of these. Yeah. And and it's come up like there's in 2019, there was the possibility of I can't think of the name of the guy right now, but it'll come to me. But he wanted to do a series, uh, an actual like television series about Cabretti. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, would be amazing. So do you know the Night Slash was based on a real guy? No. Who was the real guy it was based on? It was a real serial killer, Richard Ramirez. Okay. He was called the Night Stalker. Ramirez. He was called the Night Stalker. Ramirez. <laughs> you done? <laughs> Come on. Highlander, give me a little oh, love. Yeah. Ramirez. Sorry. God. Clancy Brown. It's, I, can it's tell, I can tell when you're not getting what my joke yeah. is. Yeah. I'm like, please let me get this. No, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. So he killed between June 1984 and August 1985. He was a Satanist and a drug dude. He killed 13 people. And Yikes. he killed like random people. So then the novel, Running Duck... Came out in 74. I'm guessing it was based on that. The novelist was Paul Gosling. Did yep. you know that? So Stallone kept the core idea of this, which is that it was a woman on the run from vicious criminals. Yeah. This also got made into a crappy movie. Oh, one of my favorites. Do you love this movie? Uh, Cindy Crawford. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So uh, what I'm was the name of the movie again? Fair game. Fair game. <laughs> uh, and Billy Baldwin. Yeah. Good old Billy. The best of the Billies. Oh, Billy Brew. The best of the Baldwins, I think. What? Alec, you're crazy. Usual Suspects? I love Billy Baldwin. Oh, and also uh, Biodome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got yeah, the, he had a good run. Right, he did. I like Billy Baldwin. It took me a minute to find this, but I found it. It was Robert Rodriguez who did Spy Kids, Sin City. He was developing Cobra for TV. Oh, cool. Uh, in, in 2019, but then the pandemic hit and everything went to crap. So I don't know if that'll ever be done. Max, any more facts? Max with the facts. Max with the facts. Capretti's gun was a Colt Gold Cup National Match 1911 9 millimeter. Sure was. Very cool. Very cool. That's. I mean, that if I had to be have one piece of memorabilia, it wouldn't be that, but that'd be my top no, five. I want the Night Slasher knife. No. Uh, well, are we gonna do this now? The, or the French fries. <laughs> are we doing the memorabilia now? We could. Okay. Well, no, well, no. If we're done, are we done Save with facts? It. Tease it. If we're yeah. done with facts, yep. are we done with facts? Then why don't we stop for a quick word from our sponsors and come back with more more pigs. 
Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Doby Real Estate. You can find them at weardoby.com. Max, there's a time in everyone's life where they just want to head back to their lonely apartment, take some scissors, do a piece of stale pizza, and connect their computer and fax machine into the central database of the police station, which I can't imagine is legal. But all, <laughs> of, this, all of this starts with the right place to live. Do you want to live somewhere where street thugs can watch your 1950s classic Mercury? I kind of do. I do too. I want to rip his shirt in half. That's incredible. He started that TikTok trend. Yeah, that's 100%. Like, where's my napkin? Yeah. <laughs> Doby Real Estate are the premier real estate agents in Michigan. They're going to make sure that you get into the right house or if you're looking to sell your house, they are going to be the absolute right people to talk to. Get the best price either for selling or for buying. Reach out to Doby Real Estate today. 400 million in sales, 1,000 homes sold. Don't be a pig. Make sure that you go to the right real estate agent. And we're back. Woo! I breathed really hard right there. That's okay. Sorry. I was worried that you were going to pass out. Um, <laughs> if you could have one item from this movie. No, two. There's too many good items. If two? you have two items from this movie oh, wow. to, to put in your memorabilia collection, what would they be? You go first. I'll go first. I already told you one. The knife. Yep. I, 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 I want the knife. Give me the night you'd, slasher you'd knife. You'd be drinking and like you take it out and hurt yourself. I don't drink that often, yeah. and I wouldn't go into like a glass case when I'm drunk and grab the knife and start clinging it and going, "Pigs, the <laughs> new revolution, Ramirez." <laughs> okay, my first one would be. This is, I think, the coolest thing I've ever seen in any movie ever. Ooh. I know this is stupid, cocky. It blows my mind every time I have to like go back and watch. Yes, it is. So in the supermarket scene, yes. the Pepsi 3D art installation where it looks like one Pepsi can is pouring delicious Pepsi into the other mm-hmm. continually, but it's like film. You know what I'm talking about? Very weird answer. Have you seen it? Do you know what I'm talking I about? I know what you're talking about. It's a weird answer. But it's like, it's so unique. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, it's a super weird answer. I'm going to stand by what I said. Okay. It's a super weird answer. Yep. Um, uh, my second item would be Brigitte Nielsen's partially eaten french fries covered in ketchup. I take the robot next to her. <laughs> One of those weird robots. It's a great exercise. Well, you know what? Since we're going down this path, let me ask you this. Because we kind of touched on this earlier. If you were forced to recast a couple of these roles with other people from the 80s, who are you going to recast and why? I have a perfect one. Give me one. So I can't believe her name is this. It's it's the policewoman who's evil. Right. Her name's Nancy Stock. Yes. <laughs> did you know that? Yes. You did? Yes. Oh. That's- <laughs> There's something. She has this haircut and look to her like. Large Marge? No, it's like the 1970s, my husband didn't get as far in life as he wanted to, and I'm sad. Okay. Like, she shouldn't be a psycho killer who's secretly a Qu'est-ce cop. Qu'est-ce Yeah. I want Glenn Close. Oh. Yeah. Uh, is that too big for the role? In 86? Maybe a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she was kind of a big deal. Fatal Jackson wrote she went, like, went to the moon. I don't know. She was doing, like, World According to Garp at that point and stuff guess, like that. yeah. She's, I mean, because she could do the crazy and the calm. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't suspect it was her. What movie are you thinking of when you say Glenn Fatal Coast? Attraction. All right. What else? How, how could you even ask me that? Well, I don't know. I mean, there wasn't killing bunnies. I will not be ignored. Damn. Uh, I would get rid of the Night Slasher. What? Yeah. Who I, would you put? Um, he's big. He's intimidating. He's crazy. He's got that face. He's all sweaty. How dare you? Give me uh, Ted Levine. <laughs> From Silence of the Lambs. You're I know I'm going, listen. You're an idiot. Bear, come on, bear with me. I know that I'm going out of the 80s, but not that much out of the 80s. And uh, he would be perfect as the Night Slasher. This is a weird. Oh, wait. There's nothing physical. The new the new revolution. How could he lead a cult? He can't oh, even hang out good, with people. Good. Listen, I gave you my answer. I guess. Ted Levine. Or I would replace Gonzalez with, this would ruin their career later, but uh, Danny Glover. <laughs> Because he'd be like, I'm too old for this. Oh, you and I are. Cabretti. All right. Cabretti. It's my 50th birthday, Cabretti. We need to put more thought into this. A lot more thought into this. I, my Ted Levine answer was great. And I stand by taking the French fries as my item for the shack. I like the fry. You do like the fry. All right, Max. Let's hop into the actors and actresses. We've done Sly pretty much. This film. Yeah, we have done Sly. Really cool, though, by the way. Shout out to him. Because movies he, he's been in have generated $4.5 billion Dude, in revenue. You can't. You know, you and I sit here on a podcast and we can joke about Sylvester Stallone all we want but he is an absolute you only punch he's, up he's, a, know, he's yeah. a mount he's a mount rushmore. we're worshiping him he's yeah. a mount rushmore yeah right like him arnold he is our hollywood yeah for us growing up like people today will talk about brad pitt and then moving past that different actors and act george clooney whatever to me it's always sylvester stallone arnold schwarzenegger those guys are just it's they were two yeah. sides of one coin they created the like blockbuster idea the planet hollywood kind oh, of mystique God. yeah all right God. what's your favorite sly movie it's God, that's an almost impossible question to answer. I know. That's why I like to ask. I would say it's a three-way tie. 
Why well, can I have to say it's a three-way okay. tie? Rocky Four. Yep. First Blood. And the original Rocky. First for first first Rocky. When's the last time you watched the first Rocky? I watch it all the time. Really? Yeah. Oh, a- it's annually. Slow. Annually. I know you don't like it. I love it. You're not a daylight man? No. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> like a rhinestone cowboy. I think it's my favorite. I'm gonna uh, say that now. What's your favorite? It's this and then Rocky Four. Cobra's favorite Stallone movie. That's the most max answer. the most joy. The most max answer ever. All right, let's move to Brigitte. Oh, Brigitte, sweet, sweet <laughs> Brigitte. Six foot one, dude. She is every bit. Do you know she left her husband and son for an acting career? Of course, she just abandoned him. Yeah, and she dated Mark Gastonow. 1985, Red Sonia, which I love. Yeah, gotta love. She's Red really Sonja. good. Rocky Four, she is Ivan Drago's wife, but she's more than Ivan Drago's wife. She's, she's kind she's, of the puppet she's master. Humanity. She's humanity in this. No, she's the puppet master. No, she, I, don't you feel like, yeah, I guess so. She's kind of controlling him. She is. Yeah. Isn't it kind of funny that Stallone leaves Beverly Hills Cop 1 to do this movie, brings his wife over to be Ingrid. They get divorced, and then she hops on over to Beverly Hills Cop 2 she's to great. be Carla Fry. The alphabet killers? Alphabet? Yeah. Alphabet? Alphabet? Spill backwards. A, B, C, D. <laughs> And then literally nothing until Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Yeah. Which is incredible that she, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but like it is rare that you see someone go from the it woman to nothing. Do you think Stallone blacklisted her from the industry? Maybe. I mean, it was a nasty divorce and he kind of controlled things. I mean, it's she, I'm, I'm looking through all this stuff and so it's just like, I know people make fun of it, happen. but like when the night slashers in the hospital and she's freaking out, yeah. I feel her like kind of yeah. pain, you know, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. freaked out well, for her. You freak out easily. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense. It feels very Halloween too. Yes, I agree. You love anything in a hospital. You love a good hospital scene. Yeah. yeah. So much can go wrong. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, we talked about this before. Rennie Santoni, uh, who plays Gonzalez. Do you know who he's discovered by? Who is he discovered by? Carl Reiner. Really? He saw him in a play. You don't say. Yeah, isn't that cool? He has been in a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, most notably. He was the officer in Bad Boys, which you haven't seen yet, by the way. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, Brewster's Millions. He's Vin Rappelletto. What is he? What is that in Brewster's uh, Millions? I was hoping you wouldn't ask I me that because I don't remember. Sorry, yeah, don't Summer know. Rental. He's an announcer. Yes, that I remember. He's in Private Parts. Yes, and in Seinfeld, he's Poppy. WNBC. He's the guy who pees on a couch. And in Cobra, he's Gonzalez. He wants gummy bears. <laughs> That's the most stupidest end line. I need something. Oh, he was an uncredited police officer in the Brady Bunch movie. I'll have to go back and watch. I love the Brady Bunch movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. My nose. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> she has her head like that she's a psychotic. That's really good. So Detective Monty. Monty. Evil guy. Evil guy. Andrew Robinson. He is super. I, uh, Max, what is he in? Because his face is incredibly familiar. So he's been on the A-Team, Mass, Twilight Zone show, Child's Played 3. But there's one role that you know him for. I hate it. You love it. Is he, he the dad from Hellraiser? Yes. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. Oh, the pain and the delight. It's so creepy. <laughs> yeah, he, um, yeah, I know exactly. So, like, when I saw this, it's hard for me. It feels very much like the character from Hellraiser. Yeah. Which was, again, that alternate ending, you feel like that they could have got away with it. Oh, he yeah, was yeah. the bad guy. Sorry, they meant in Hellraiser. I was like, I don't no, have to go no, back to that. On. I'm not going to talk about Hellraiser. I know good. how you feel about Hellraiser. Good, good, good. Good. Okay, so I'll give you my fun fact that I loved about Brian Thompson. Yep. Who, again, nice little career outside of that weird movie called The Extendables that he did in 2014. But more important than that, Max, do you know what else he was in? Uh, I mean, I know a few things. But one in particular importance. Uh, Terminator? Nope. Because That's one, a good one. He's, one, he's one, of the one, of, one of the punks with Bill Paxton, yep. which is wild. It's wild that it was him and Bill Paxton. That, and they were in the movie for, what, 10 seconds? Yeah, but it's memorable. Uh, he was in Lionheart, Yep, which was great. He's Russell. He's Russell. He's Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That's not as important to me. He's Buffalo Bob and Joe Dirt. That's not as important it's to me. It's pretty important. Can I tell you what's more important what to me? What is it? And by the way, great call. We don't talk about Joe Dirt enough because it's in the 90s. I didn't even think about this. As I made my case for Ted Levine yeah. that should have been the Night Slasher, he literally is playing... Yeah. Ted Levine and Joe Dirt. Yeah. So there you go. There's my connection right yeah. there. No, Max. The most important film that you did not mention. He is the German's other friend in The Three Amigos. Oh, yeah. One for each other and all for one. The Three Amigos. What is, what's the next line? I don't know. I don't need to know next line. That's all you needed to know. Have some fun. Have some fun. Because we're having a good time. <laughs> Do you know Brian Thompson also can play the piano? And he's a black belt in Hapkido and is an mm. excellent sushi roller. Oh, well. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great to get him on the show? Oh, my God. Dig him up. Some one of our friend podcasts got him on recently. Really? Yeah. I, oh, I'll, dude, I'd love to. I get think him it's on. two dollar late fee. 
We'll reach out to yeah, him. Yeah, I will. Brothers, yeah. Uh, podcasters from another and he played And he played football, too, at Central he Washington. He looks News. like he played football. Yeah, so you guys could be like... Max, what other characters? There's not a ton. Do you want to cover? John Hertzfeld, who played Cho, he kind of looks like a young Stanley Tucci in this movie. You know, he's driving the car that kind of is trying to murder people. Yep, yep, yep. He wrote 15 Minutes, Two Days in the Valley, and directed the making of the Rocky versus Drago video and the making of the Expendables. Ooh, so that's kind of cool. That's very cool. Uh, the Nancy Stock, Lee Gar- Garlington. Yes. She, she has 231 credits to her name. So like you kind of see her in a lot of stuff like L.A. Law, Family Ties, Feel the Dreams. Uh, but she was originally supposed to be the main girl in Seinfeld. Oh, instead of Elaine? Yeah. So she was going to be the waitress that was going to give George and Jerry advice. And they decided uh, to gotcha, scratch gotcha. that. And yeah, then yeah. they did her, his ex-girlfriend yeah, yeah, who yeah. ended up being a main part. Elaine. So the captain. Good ca- you got to talk about a captain in a police movie. We do 80s. love a good captain. So Captain Sears is played by Art LaFleur. Do you know? Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Brian LaFleur. No, I know. Brian LaFleur. <laughs> duck, <What>? dodge. <laughs> duck, something or else. And then duck again. What does uh, Art LaFleur and James Earl Jones have in common? This feels to me like it's a Conan the Barbarian. Nope. Nope. I have it, no idea then. It has to do with sports. Uh, hold on. Hold on. I can, I can get even oh, more specific. Just a minute. Hold no. on. It has to do with sports. Uh, then it's got to be best of the best. Nope. But uh, they're baseball. Oh, Field of Dreams. And they're both in two iconic baseball movies. Oh, I don't know what the other one is. So Field of Dreams, he plays uh, Chuck Gandil, one of the guys who like disappears into the fog. And yeah, James yeah, Earl Jones yeah. obviously yep. is the main dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sandlot, he plays the babe. Sandlot, the babe. Heroes fade away, yep. but never the yep. legends never die. Well played, Max. Thank you. Well played. He's got a great face. Yeah. He's also uh, the, thinking, now that you say it, I can absolutely see it. Yeah, and he's the guard in War Games too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Art Lefleur, and the supermarket killer is Marco Rodriguez, who was in T.J. Hooker, Disorderlies, MacGyver, Maniac Cop Two, Internal Affairs, The Crow, and you do love that like that like acne face. I like know? how crazy he yeah, is, the crater face thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. we're leaders of the new world. He is crazy. He's cuckoo for cocoa puffs. There's no question. What's their philosophy? That. Kill the weak, so the strong. Is this Darwinism? Art Lefleur is a, is in Key and Peel. By the way, we need to find out. Really, <laughs> we need to find out what episode. Just FYI, I just found that. He's, he looks like he's still pretty young. Born in 43, so 80-ish. That's probably not. Oh, he passed away. Oh. In 2021. <laughs> Looking great. Won't be getting him on the show. Yeah. Him and Christopher Reeves. Uh, <laughs> not appropriate at not all. Not cool. Not cool. Uh, anyone else, Max? Nope. Max. This is so much fun. So much fun. If I'm not mistaken, we have two Buzz in the Tower Double dose. spotlights. Let's hit those spotlights up. Max, our first Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight today, because we have deuces, which is exciting. I know. Is Joey Misbehaves. He is the podcaster from the podcast Unmuffled Banter. I think he just launched this podcast a little bit ago, right? Yeah, four episodes, and he's doing a great job. That's awesome, man. I love his artwork for his banner, or not his banner, for his show artwork. Great beard. It's very cool. And definitely check it out. It's all positivity, positive affirmation stuff. Yeah, Over adversity and like- This is the kind of stuff you need to hear, because you're in a dark place. (laughs) I I got out of it. You're the disease and joey <laughs> is the cure. unmuffled banter is the cure so let's hear what joey had to say about cobra cobra going back and watching cobra i'm reminded that old sly was dating bridget nelson while this movie was shot and released and it's full of action and suspense and it's something that you know if you, to me if you were to close your eyes you might accidentally mistake it for a Rambo movie. And that's just saying a lot for the action that was packed into the film. It had a lot going on action-wise and suspense-wise. And that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed it so much. Although one of my favorite parts of the entire movie was at the very beginning. Uh, it opens up in a food mart with a guy with a sawed-off shotgun holding some hostages. And... Sly or uh, Cob- Cobretti, Co- Cobretti, I can't say his name, <laughs> comes in and finally faces up with him. And the guy's got hostages. He's got the shotgun, but he's also got a pipe bomb. And he threatens the bull to place up. And Sly replies, well, I don't shop here. And to me, <laughs> I laughed at that. I thought that was hilarious. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. But I like comedy mixed in with my seriousness, and I think Sly is a really funny dude. Copretti didn't exactly follow the standard police practices, but he got the job done. And they don't make movies like this in today's Hollywood. And as an avid movie watcher, I believe we're on the short end of the stick for it. 
I'd give up any number of remakes done today for an 80s-style action cinema any day of the week. And it's movies like this that makes Buzz in the Tower a great podcast, in my opinion. Because it's movies like this from back in the 80s, the golden age for people my age of movies and I come across the podcast and I'm just amazed by how well it's produced but also by how well the hosts are informed about the movies and their opinions about the movies and I look forward to the episodes every week and I look forward to hearing what they have to say about this movie because it's one of my favorites how sweet who would have thought a, a message about Cobra would get me a little teary? I just, when people praise us, you know, yeah. it's my, I need it. I need it mm. in my veins. It's so delicious. <laughs> so don't forget, please check out Unmuffled Banter. And Joey, thank you so much for the feedback. Max, let's segue over to our second Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. We've got James Hauser from the podcast Bad Movies Rule. If you like Buzz in the Tower, you will like <laughs> Bad Movies Rule. James has got awesome takes on why trash pandas. That's the term you and I always use. They spent two and a half hours on Cobra. Yeah. We, I mean, they, they he knows what he's talking about. It's one of the best TikToks I've ever seen, too. They just splice up the stuff, and they just have a really fun time doing it. I'm excited just, again, because I know that James knows Cobra, and this is right in his wheelhouse. So let's hear what he had to say about our film of the day, Cobra. What to say about Cobra, Marion Cobretti. Sitting in the middle of the 80s after so many cop movies of the 70s, and and obviously what came in this decade was a lot of ridiculousness, but nothing kind of measures up to the ridiculousness that is Cobra, which is part of why I love this movie. Yeah, you've got your standard cop tropes that are all over the thing, right? But you've got him like these little idiosyncrasies, like he's fighting an axe cult. He's cutting off pizza with scissors and cleaning his gun with sunglasses on. I mean, it's just so ridiculous that it becomes endearing. It like goes all the way around the circle of being, this is stupid, all the way back around to being cool again. The man walks into a dark supermarket with aviators on. He doesn't care about the hostages that are sitting there. There's a pile, a whole pile of hostages. And his response when he's like, I'm going to blow this place up isn't, Oh no, these people, it's, it's okay, I don't shop here. I mean, come on, that, <laughs> what's not to love? I mean, forget that it's got probably the most miscast damsel in distress of the 80s and Bridget Nielsen was the most unbelievable, like, oh no, help me. Of all the people, don't cast the six foot two Danish powerhouse to be your damsel in distress. And I know that had more to do with Stallone being obsessed with her than the fact that she actually fit the part, but it all kind of just comes together to make this kind of ridiculous, crazy, awesome thing. I mean, it ends up in a shootout in a refinery, like that's the tropiest thing of all time which is right next to an orange grove it's just a perfect encapsulation of the 80s cop movie from the stupid car chases where he is got his nitrous and his old mercury to the fact that he works on the zombie squad and all it's like let's just throw it all in and somehow it works and it's a dang miracle i love this movie even though it's one of the stupidest things i've ever watched he knows the danish <laughs> So she's so miscasted. It's so <laughs> it's, true. We didn't bring that up. It's unbelievable. I mean, I could literally. Please put, help me. Well, I mean, you put, like, you, I put Glenn, you, put, you put Glenn Close. I mean, I think we could put literally. Any. I put Molly Ringwald in there, and we'd be fine. I put Glenn Close as the, as the cop. Oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. So who would you recast, uh, Brigitte? Holly Hunter. No, I need somebody. She's small. I need someone softer. Softer. Yeah. Uh, Vasquez. <laughs> Doing pull-ups. <laughs> Give me Ramirez. Linda Hamilton. <laughs> I was joking. Well, Terminator, Terminator 1, yeah. Linda Hamilton. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> All right, Max, that wraps the show. That wraps the, the Buzz and Tower fan spotlights. Thank you to both of our guests today for the awesome job. And now is a good time, if you've not already, to please subscribe to the show, leave a review, put some stars up there. If you're looking for more content, check us out on social media at Buzz and the Tower, B U Z Z N the Tower, Patreon.com, website, BuzzandTheTower.com. Max, what are we doing next week? I think we already have it listed, right? What's our next uh, topic? Oh, my God. Valley Girl. Oh, a little change of pace from some uh, disease to Valley Girl. One of Tarantino's favorite movies. Ooh. Well, then we shall talk. Nick Cage. We can talk Nick oh, Cage. Jesus Christ. Max, with the conclusion of our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlights and the show, uh, I know we're, we're working on some different ways to end the show. We used to do a quote, moral lesson. How do you want to end Cobra? Do you want to just say something Cobra-like and that's how we'll end the show? In America, there are, there's a podcast every 16 seconds, a television show every 45 Wait, seconds. Wait, do you know what I just realized? But, I can't believe this. What, 60 Minutes the oldest or something? No, not 60 Minutes. Oh. Law and Order. 
Oh yeah, in America. Yeah. Hold, I got hold on. Now I gotta listen to it. Okay. Because they they stole it. You just made me realize this. Yeah. So I now know how we're gonna end the episode. <laughs> I'm gonna, Miami. No, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a little splicing. We're gonna have a little fun with it. But I know how we're gonna end the episode now. <laughs> in America, there's a burglary every 11 seconds. An armed robbery every 65 seconds. A violent crime every 25 seconds. A murder every 24 minutes. And 250 rapes a day. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.